following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to a new episode of Hats, Tats, and Stats. I, as always, am Jaz, your main host, and I am here today with the man who puts the stats in the Hats, Tats, and Stats, the stat guy, Austin Kelm. What's going on, Austin? What's going on, buddy? How are you? Oh, you know, we are living the dream. We are. You can't. That's my line. I say that all the time. You're not allowed to say that. A lot of people have a lot of dreams, yeah, and you can live whatever dream you want, big guy. You do you, man. I get it. Yeah. So we are here, and we are about a week and a half out from the start of the. Is it 2020 or the 2021 season? I always get confused. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because it like, oh, the 2020 Super Bowl. Well, it's 2020 and we're going to the 2020 season. So how is there a 2020 Super Bowl? I don't make the rules. I just get confused by numbers, which is why you're the stat guy. So we are here about a week and a half out and uh, we didn't really have a ton planned for the talk today. However, I just had something pop up on the old internet machine that per Adam Schefter, 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 yeah. Um, per Adam Schefter, the Bills have reached out to free agent running, brand new free agent running back Leonard Fournette. I'm intrigued by this. How about you? Uh, yeah, you know what? I gotta say, I liked it. Um, it's a big deal. He's, a, I don't know, a running back that's better than anybody else we have in our roster, and that's I understand that Singletary's got some fans out there. Uh, really, I'm one of them, um, and I've liked everything that I've heard about our rookie Moss as well. Um, but to add a guy who's a, a Pro Bowler all-pro and a guy coming off of a, a very good season last year, I, I think he can only help make us better, especially how, how often we're going to run the ball. Yeah, you know, and the uh, that's interesting because there's been some reports coming out about um, Singletary having some a lot of fumble issues this camp. Um, heard, heard a lot of reports about him not being able to hang out of the football, and I've heard a lot of big things about Zach Moss. I think the intriguing side of it is that brings in – a guy who there's a couple intriguing sides of this one. If they do, I don't, I don't know if they're going to actually sign him. I, you know, reach out. What do you want? The big thing is going to be, what does he want to get paid? Correct. Um, you know, here's a guy who at one point was considered, was going to be the best running back in the league. He was drafted early to replace the year before his first round pick. Don't remind me about that one. <laughs> oh, that was T.J. Yeldon, wasn't it? I was just it? gonna say, I was like, and he's on the Bills roster, so that's that convenient, <laughs> convenient. I have, I have. Uh, T.J. Yeldon seeing Singletary make all these fumbles, going, "Yes, I'm gonna get to play. I'm gonna get to play." And then they sign for that, and he's like, "Crap, dude, seriously, <laughs> twice? Come on, man!" I, right, and that's the thing. Like this, this dude, Leonard Fournette is like T.J. Yeldon's just a bad shadow. Right, seriously. Like, you know, the dude went from being a top running draft, uh, running back draft pick. And then the next year, without even really getting a fair shot, they replaced him. And here we are. You're the third running back, and here he comes again. I mean, in, in Jacksonville's defense, it's not like it didn't work. Right. That <laughs> was really good. I mean, the, the Rams kind of did the same thing. They had, they had Trey Mason. They had all these guys that were supposed to be really good. And then at 10, they drafted Gurley. And people were like, really? That was stupid. They had a running back. Oh, wait. Gurley's really good. Yeah, now they have the running back. Yeah, right. Exactly. But uh, they don't, they don't have them no, no, Atlanta has no. that. Uh, Atlanta has the oldest team in the league by like two decades. But, um, you know, obviously the money factor is going to be there because I don't see us. Our, I don't see our front office overpaying for him, um, especially when the team that you just got cut by said they couldn't even get a sixth round pick for you, so they just cut you. Um, 
that's never a good sign. The other thing is, I mean, we're, you know, people people kind of talked about it, laughed about it for a few years, you know, about the culture of the Bills and trust the process and everything else. And he doesn't strike me as a culture guy. No, I think that's that's 100% correct. I think talent, talent aside, I think that he's just, uh, I obviously don't know him personally, but uh, with having a disrespectful attitude and, I mean, being such self-proclaimed. Kind of the self-proclaimed Tim Duncan of the Jags. Right. So, I mean, and being as such a jerk that Tom Coughlin decided, hey, I'm going to void all of your bonuses in your contract because you're such a detriment to our morale boost in our locker room. I mean, how much of a jerk do you have to be for him to be like, no, I'm canceling all your bonuses. <laughs> it's just. And, you know, not for nothing, you're the Jaguars. And for the four Jaguars fans that are out there outside of Duval County, Duval. the dumbest chant ever. <laughs> The dumbest chant ever. Jacksonville, Jacksonville's on the suck list. I, you know, I love Gardner Minshew. I like. I. We're gonna get to all that stuff in a minute. He's not your favorite player. I mean, you say I like him. I mean, that just seems like Gardner's right up your alley. Oh, dude, Gar- Minshew mania, boys. Minshew mania. So, but the team is a dumpster fire. They are. They have been the team that for the last five to seven years has been the team that. You have a problem child, talented football player that you don't want to deal with his crap anymore. Call Jacksonville. They'll send you draft picks. They'll send you anything you want. And now they're realizing that they have their own dumpster fires to try to get rid of. And they finally found one that nobody wanted. Which is just crazy. It was was kind of the same thing with Jalen Ramsey. I mean, he was arguably the best corner in football. And they didn't want him. It's incredible. Right. I mean, if there's one thing I know about NFL teams, if you're talented, somebody out there wants you. It really doesn't matter what you've done. And in the NFL, there's been a, a wide spectrum of crimes ranging from egregious to just simply just maybe a little unethical. But, I mean, at the end of the day, if you are talented, somebody will sign you. And really, I don't think Fernandez has any of those issues. I don't think Ramsey had any of those issues either. And so, I mean, and they still just got sent packing. Right. So, which, again, begs the question. How big of a jerk do you have to be? See, I mean, like, you know what, just go. You know, just so so Jalen, you know, Jalen Ramsey was interesting because he was the one going out running his mouth about everybody and their brother about how bad they were and and like their girlfriends. Yeah, and and, <laughs> and their moms and like you know digging up dirt on them in you Before know the games. Yeah, oh my god. About the oh my god. Like that. I mean, just insane. You know, and then you have a guy, you know, why guy talks trash about Josh Allen. Josh Allen's girlfriend, Josh Allen's shorts, Josh Allen's everything. And then Josh Allen runs him over for a touchdown. Not goes around him, not makes runs his ass over. Like when you do stuff like that, like the quarterback better not run you over. But like, listen, you get beat by a receiver, something a quarterback ran you over. That shouldn't happen. I'm sorry. In in his defense though, I think Allen's probably got him by about seven inches in height and probably sixty pounds in weight. I mean, that's just the vanilla gorilla is an athletic specimen. But if you're gonna run your mouth, you can't get knocked oh, out. I, I understand that, but I mean, ask Anthony Barr how athletic Josh Allen is because he straight up hurdled him in that one game against the Vikings. I mean, right over the top of him. Yeah, and you know. Josh Allen did that man dirty because he didn't say anything to him that I know of. <laughs> nothing, <laughs> nothing public. I mean, you don't think that like Barr got back to the huddle and they went, "Dude, the quarterback, really, right, over, right over your head." Right. And, and listen again. That's you know being like I mean, Michael Vick made people look stupid for years. I don't see many like. When's the last time you saw a quarterback lower a shoulder and bowl someone over? Like I mean, 
Big Big Ben's done it where like somebody ran into him and like bumped off him. But I mean, Cam Newton maybe. I don't know. Right. It, it does. It doesn't. Runs. It doesn't happen often. And when you run your mouth the way he does, it, like it just it looks bad. And they sent him packing and. He's been a little quiet as far as that stuff goes. Quieter, I should say. See, he's in the West Coast now. We don't see him very often. Yeah, he talks shit on a different okay. time zone. Right, and yeah. it, it, I don't get up early enough to hear him talk trash. So I don't. Uh, I would say I don't stay up late enough because I think that's how that what part would work. But I, I don't know. Whatever. But these – so Jacksonville has just been this place of wayward souls. I mean, you know, ever, like one of the first moves I remember McDermott making was – shipping Marcel Darius over there and everyone's like oh my god like a you're a defensive coach b you love defensive linemen you carry 15 of them every year and you just shipped an all pro to Jacksonville and he went yep the next day it hit the news that Marcel Darius was facing like legal issues and issues with arrests and stuff and he went to Jacksonville and played seven snaps a game yelled Duval a lot and just became a Jacksonville person. It's one of those things. I mean, that was what uh, wound up being a spot-on move <laughs> by McDermott that he just was able to ship him away, and they took all the money, you know what I mean, and had to deal with all the headaches and all the problems. I mean, it fixed our salary caps oh my God. very quickly. I mean, whether McDermott or Bean, either one. It's both? Sure. Yeah, I, yeah. Great move there. And, you know, so... Anybody misses him. No. And so you just said, I forgot he played for Buffalo. It's <laughs> you said it just now. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was a guy. That was a guy who did some stuff. But uh, you know, you know, and he had some big games. Whatever it was, it's, you know, it was good stuff. But you know, like I said, it, it's just it's interesting to see what's going on in Jacksonville, and that that raises the next question: Do are are the Jaguars looking to tank, or are they just looking to get some of the garbage out and build a better culture? I mean. We're talking about a team that since – I saw a thing the other day that since 2017, every first-round draft pick that they had is no longer on their roster. That makes sense. I'm trying to think of, like, Ramsey and – I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to look it up. The Google machine? The Google machine. Because really, most of their what you would call talented players in their key positions, whether it be a receiver with you know, you know, Shark or Gardner Minshew, um, linebacker, safety. I mean, really, yeah, I can't think of anybody. Um, they just just drafted a linebacker, I think, that's really good. I mean, he's a pass rusher. Well, let's see. So. Back in 2015, Dante Fowler. Not there anymore. Jalen Ramsey. Not there anymore. Leonard Fournette. Not there anymore. Taven Bryan. Who? Uh, he's a defensive tackle. <laughs> what? Uh, defensive end Josh Allen. Okay, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, and then... Allen's still there, so that's... That was just last year, right? Yes. Uh, actually, so we can go as far back as... I mean, 2014, Blake Bortles. Yep. You know, I mean, these are within a career. You know, these guys technically could still be in the league if Blake Bortles didn't. Does Blake Bortles still play? He's a backup. Uh, free agent. Oh. Current free agent. Not, not anymore. Um, you know, they just, 
I just don't understand what's going on over there. It's I think it's a institutional problem that you talk about that 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 culture that McDermott's building in Buffalo and what and what he's trying to bring to the table here and the players that he wants around. Um, as much as a crapshoot as the the NFL draft is, you have to hit on some of them. Right. Like at some point, you got to hit on somebody. It can't just be that hey, our last seven first round picks, with the exception of one. Is still in the roster. Like, how yeah. do you be not cultivated or coach them up or, or anything? And they just bounced. And some of those guys were, like you said, very highly drafted guys that you had to let walk because of whether it be character issues or whatever. Um, I, you, I don't, I just don't believe that Jalen Ramsey was like this super nice religious kid when he was in college and then got to the pros and was like harassing people and their wives and their girlfriends on social media right. to get in your head. I'm pretty sure that's who he's always been and this was no shock so you drafted him knowing that going in it, i mean to me that's a that's a self-inflicted wound i don't know what else right. you do with that that's 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 your fault i agree and so and, and here's my big thing like i want to believe it's trying to fix the culture you know because you can have guys and, and, and you can take the bills for example and you know there was some some stuff going on around regarding Josh Norman last year in the last couple of years and his attitude and running his mouth and so on and so forth. And he came to the bills and you haven't seen it. And until he hurt his hamstring in camp here was having a great camp and seemed like it, it seemed like the Renaissance or the resurgence of Josh Norman of old. And, you know, so sometimes a change of change of scenery can be a good thing, especially when you're not surrounded with, other people that are not in a good way. That, that echo chamber. That if you, you know, if you're the only guy doing it, you're like, oh, maybe I should pull back on the reins a little bit and not be so much of a jerk. Right, but if you're in a room full of it, you end up becoming the Browns. Right. <laughs> I will. I will work that insult in every episode if I can, because the Browns are the Browns until they're not the Browns anymore. Um. To what, this point, they are still the Browns. Oh yeah, when when right Kare- now today they are still the Browns. When when Kareem Hunt is the voice of reason in your locker room, <laughs> yeah, that season uh-huh. that, that that wise old man yeah. at twenty five, yeah, who uh, is, is on his last chance agreement, as as we sit here and talk. Yeah. Well, again, to, to my point before, it doesn't matter what you've done. If you are talented enough, somebody will give you a shot. And right. He was very very good, and somebody gave him a shot. Right. And it's, and I think he's been a model citizen since. However, he's not unemployed. No, he's, no. He's a millionaire. But but that's one of those things. You know, you get that last last shot and uh, maybe maybe cleans you up a little bit. However, I digress. I I, I don't want to I don't want it to be a tanking for a quarterback because I like Gardner Minshew as I've said before. Um, for those of you who don't know, Gardner Minshew has been a champion and a record setter at every level he's played at for every coach who's ever given him a shot. Uh, I put these stats out. He was a JUCO national champion, which is not an easy thing to do um, because a lot of these, you know, I mean, if you've watched something like Last Chance U when it was about some of the local JUCOs and stuff like that in the the junior colleges, a lot of these guys are Division I high-end caliber players who – had some disciplinary issues, had some off-field issues, had some grade issues that couldn't get them into a big school. There are guys who who leave an Alabama or an Ohio State or a Notre Dame or a Penn State or a Pitt and go to a JUCO and play. And this dude was a national champion and a record-setting quarterback for the NJCAA. 
I mean, so it's Cam Newton. Right. Right. Same thing. And then he went to – there was a stop in between there, and I'm not going to misspeak of what college it was. But he wasn't really getting a shot, so he transferred. And he was going to tra- – no, then this is the type of duty he is. He was going to transfer to Alabama solely to try to – like Saban wasn't interested in him, was going to wa- – wanted to walk on and be part of the team just to learn from Saban. And then he got a call from Washington, I believe it was, and they said, you're going to come here, you're going to start, you're going to break every record we have. And he did. And then he got a shot to start for the Jaguars last year, and he did pretty damn well on a not great team. I I want to see them build around him. I hope they're not tanking for this year's big quarterback who I'm dropping. Trevor Lawrence. There we go. (laughs) And I'm, I'm hoping that's not the case. I'm hoping that Miami tanks for him just to add another First round quarterback that Fitz can start over. They have Tua. Tag it, tag it, tag on my shoes. Yeah. Tag on my wall. Yeah. And the year before his first round pick. Yeah, but they didn't take him. I don't care. I want I want another one. (laughs) I want four. I want four quarterbacks. Fitz starting over three first rounders. That's what I want. I mean, we joke. I mean, that fits. I think it's. They said he's the the head guy right now. Yeah, he is leading the way that the other guys have. Um, shown flashes, but has yeah, they two two has impressed, but has not been fantastic. Right. Um, you know, and that's I've heard the same thing about the uh, the new guy up there in Green Bay, Mister Love, but I think that's probably because Aaron Rodgers is poisoning his chunky Campbell soup. Because <laughs> we all know that Mister Rodgers was not happy about them drafting a quarterback. Well, I mean, in all honesty, I mean he's got a couple years left of high end football, and they are perennial playoff contenders. They're going in. They're trying to get the Super Bowl every year. There is no down and out for them. They are always having a shot with Rodgers there. And the two positions they were pretty much set at were running back and quarterback, and their first two picks were quarterback and running back. So I don't know. Who who was the last good running back from Green Bay? Um, I mean, for like a nanosecond, Eddie Lacy was really good. You, you mean you mean the artist formerly known as Eddie you know Lacy who turned Eddie, who turned into the hamburger? Yeah, yeah, right. Eddie Lacy found out that. Do you mean to tell me there's fast food at every street corner? Oh, okay. I mean, and you're in Wisconsin. It's all covered with cheese. Right. I mean, hundred percent. I mean, I, I get. I love that. I'm also not a professional football player, so that. Uh, I can tell you, if I was a professional football player, I would probably save all the cheese for my retirement party. That is 100 percent correct. I mean, so so Lacy was good there for a minute. I mean, we're going. I mean. Amon Green so, I mean, backed up by Najee freaking Davenport. Yes, that's. Uh... And then I believe their third stringer at the time, and I know this because I used to use Green Bay in Madden all the time against my main man Earn back in the Bus State days. The third guy on that roster was Sam Congano. Two large men backing up Amon Green who could pound the rock but never really needed to because Green was great. Jazz, I got excited. You used to, you always pissed me off playing you in Madden because you put Davenport as your kick returner. And he had like a 97 break tackle, and it just wasn't fair that I got like gunners on the outside and you're just mowing them down. Yeah, you had gunners until they all got concussed and that's, left the that's game. That's what it was. It was basically all corners and like non-good guys you wanted to just get in the house. It's the, on, it's the only way I could open up my passing game against you was right. hurt all of your corners that were on special teams – and then I could throw the football in the fourth quarter after I ran after I, after a twenty one twenty one game where you threw three passes for touchdowns and I ran the football the rest of the game. 
That's how we used to play Madden in college, guys. Yeah, that was 100% my plan. Uh, then, then I got to play with Adrian Peterson, and life was good. That game, when we started on Madden this year. Yeah. It's a whole nother just debacle and shit show of... If if you want to hear if you want to hear a conversation about the debacle that is the Madden game, you can go over to our friends on the BICBP radiocom network and listen to the two point conversation from the episode was posted today. Uh, me, Matt Johnson, and a couple of the guys from that talked about the the flaws of Madden. And uh, Madden got me back. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. Madden got me back for a hot second with the long shot storylines, um, and then. After the game two years ago, they stopped doing it. I bought last year's game. I played it like twice, and I just haven't looked back because Madden sucks. Although there is rumor that they're coming back out with NCAA. That, that'll be – I stopped playing Madden for probably four or five years. Yeah, and you were the Madden guy. I, I, was, I owned every year from like 2000 to like 2011, and I was still kind of buying Madden, but NCAA came out really. Yeah. It was awesome. Totally changed the way I played football video games. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there because I know I know my buddy Matt Johnson listens to this. Uh, we're not trying to step on your toes with this episode at all. Like I, we've covered two big topics that we talked about. Literally, we had the conversation less than 24 hours ago for your for for Matt's show, the two point conversation, and we're gonna we're gonna change gears here. Did Matt um, talk about fantasy football? No, because that's oh, why yeah, that's right, why we're going. Okay, that's okay, where we're going. That sounds good. So. After I did that yesterday, I went to my first fantasy draft of the year, first of three, and I sit here and I think about it, and this year feels weird. Like, it, it, like there's no preseason on. I, like, you're not paying attention to who's going down with injuries and who's winning positional battles because it's, it's not on TV. You're not watching it happen. And I, I felt weirdly unprepared. More I, I, Like, more than... I completely agree with you. I, I feel... I have two drafts this weekend, and I do feel underprepared. Yeah, I have my I have a very lack of preparedness for coming up here for this weekend, and I don't like it. No, I, I usually pride myself yeah. on being prepared. And you know what? I, I read, and I, and I try to find articles. You know, you, you Google depth charts and stuff like that. But I mean, no teams have official depth charts. No teams have. I mean, so you're relying on our lads or you know ESPN which, or something like that, which are all it's all guesswork. And I've I found that our lads seems to be more right more often, in my opinion. Sure, you know what? I had one uh, roster resource was phenomenal, and recently they the guys who used to head up that um, that website stopped stopped managing it, mm. um, or just kind of fell by the wayside, which was a real bummer because they had every roster broken down. Um, how many years left in their contract? How old they are until like like twenty two point one? So you like knew how many months into their right. Record. I mean, it was very detailed. I mean, like starters were in green, backups were in yellow, guys who never see the field were in red. It was very <laughs> broken down. It was right up my alley, and they just went, "Nah, we we're not gonna." Sorry to everybody who has built our fan base over the last few years. We're not. We're, we're not, not doing this anymore. anymore. And that's, I'm sure it was very labor intensive. Oh, absolutely. Total bummer that they just stopped doing it. Um, Why can't people just do cool free stuff for everybody else to benefit from? Right, right. I mean, it's self, so selfish. Jerks. <laughs> but yeah, so our lads uh, is usually one of the head ones. But until like official team depth charts come out, yeah. there's really no way to, to know any of this stuff. And you used to be able to just watch it on TV. You could see it for yourself. 
what the depth chart situation was in that third preseason game, that dress rehearsal. Yeah. That is no and longer now. You know, you, you also had, you could also see clear as day what was going on with the, like with positional battles. You know, I, I take it back to Josh Allen's rookie year. You know, everybody and their brother. Oh, we drafted Allen. Allen should start. Or, um, you know, AJ McCarron is going to be the starter. There's no question about it. And if you watched the preseason, Nate Peterman won that won that battle. He flat out. If you watched that and saw anything other than Nate Peterman being the starter quarterback, I don't know what you watched, but it wasn't the Bills preseason. Epic fail. Pretty sure, like Peterman keeps trying to tweet me, but he keeps it keeps getting picked off by someone else. He keeps ta- tagging the wrong person whatever but you know it's one of those things that like you you can't watch that this year and there's so many weird things happening like this Fournette situation Fournette in the draft I was in last night I'm pretty sure Fournette went in in, somewhere in the top three rounds um like almost every decent running back on the board went in the first three rounds before somebody took a gamble yeah and but like Alvin Kamara went early too I'm pretty sure Kamara may have been a first-round pick. I'm like, that would make sense to me. He's he's currently holding out. Yeah, I think they said he was close though. But I mean, that's another one of those gambles that I think if if the the Melvin Gordon situation from last year and really the Le'Veon Bell situation taught us anything, hey, you guys will hold out. Uh, there's usually somebody really good right behind you. Most I mean, you know, and I mean, he's got an argument to be made that you know he's he's still he's just under that age that you know we talked about. The you know that twenty six year old cutoff that like after that you got a year or two and then kind of downslide and you know but he also he split carries with Mark Ingram for a while so he doesn't necessarily have the same type of mileage but uh, you know running backs don't get paid but here's the this dude holding out currently not scheduled to play and you threw a first round at him I don't know there's other guys you probably could have had and. You know, I don't know. It's that that's that's how I looked at it. I wasn't touching him because it you know doesn't do me any good to have a guy on my roster that's really good that's not playing. Well, and that's one of those things too. And you were in a twelve team league. Oh God, it was insane. So so that's one of those things though where where the draft went running back, running back, running back, running back, running back. Maybe somebody went receiver, then running back, running back, running. Yeah, you know, it was nonstop down the line. Yeah, and I and I can tell you, it actually went running back, running back, running back, running back, running back. Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, running back, running back, running back, running back, and then the. The, the person who had the 12th overall pick came back with um, Michael Thomas, running back, running back, running back, running back. Then tight end, tight end, running back, running back, running back, running back, running back, tight end, running back, running back. Running back. Like, and then the receiver started mixing it. Like, it was it was insane. Um, the guy with the second overall pick took three running backs back to back to back. Um, I it, The whole, again, it, it, it was wild. And I, I literally was sitting there looking at – by the time we're in like the fourteenth, fifteenth, sixteenth round, just going, who? Well, that's, like that's, that, that's what those are. That, that's the twelve team leagues. I haven't done a good twelve team league in probably seven or eight years. It's, it's been it's been a hot second. It's, yeah, they're you know what it it's in, it's insane. It's intense. You know, there's and it, it gets it gets iffy. Not iffy. It gets annoying at sometimes when you know. So this it was a live draft in person, mm-hmm. and there's. You know, there, the, the, maybe I'll maybe I'll do a YouTube video about this. You know, we can do you know the the twelve guys you meet at a fantasy football draft. You know, because there's the guy that doesn't pay attention, the guy that drafts, the guy that's already been drafted. Um, you know, the guy who re- doesn't realize there. You know, doesn't pay attention to bye weeks until he realizes that his entire team's on bye the same week in the sixteenth round. 
I listen, but, I, I know that guys do that on purpose. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to lose this one week, and I'm just not going to have to worry about it. Opposed to having them all spread out across the NFL season. Like, you know what? I sh- I'm chalking up that week 12 is just going to be an L. Yeah. I'm just going down, losing that week, and we're going to move on from there. Yeah, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, especially if you once you realize like what you did, and you just steer into that swerve. Go ahead, yeah. but uh, you know, it, it it was frustrating because you had those. Usually, I, in my opinion, your first four or five rounds should usually go pretty quick, yeah. and you know, then it should start dragging more at the end. This went the other way; it actually picked up pace in the later rounds, and I don't understand why. That's unless people were just throwing darts at a board, going, "Sure, that guy sounds all right." Okay. And you know what? I'm pretty sure that's what it was um, by the end of it there because there were guys who took so long because they hadn't been paying attention. And again, you you had those guys, a couple of those guys rolled into one at this draft. You know, the guy who wasn't paying attention, had better things to do, and then drafted a guy who got taken five rounds prior. And, you know, we, and the way we do it is we had, you know, the, the, the draft kit with the sticker board and everything. And, you know, the old old school, old school. You know, I'm, I'm used to typing it in on a computer that's on a big screen and we're all comfy on a couch, not hunting through stickers and worrying about the kid who's colorblind and not knowing that blue, orange, green, and, you know, that they're all by position from color because he doesn't, can't see color. It was, it, was, it was a weird night, man. It was, we got out there. <laughs> those, are, those are first world problems. I did not think I would have had to do with colorblindness. And, uh, no, no kidding. And I don't think he's actually colorblind. I think he's just kind of an idiot, but that's not true. I, he's a good kid. But yeah, so I gotta ask, you're 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 my fantasy guy. You know, we're in a league together, and there's times I I ask your opinion, especially on the big one. So, you know, we have this IDP um, dynasty league, which is just insane. And every time I tell everybody, I'm like, oh my god, that's nuts. And I, I get the, the exact same reactions, like, dude, really? Yeah. You, you, how many players in your team? Forty five. Holy, sh- forty five guys in your team. Yes, it's kind of insane. Yeah. We start a full defense. You start 11 defensive players, D linemen, linebackers, corners and safeties. In a, in, a, in, a, in a specific legal defensive formation, and then a quarterback and five skill players in a legal offensive formation, which I'm still annoyed that my rule didn't get passed, but it, it doesn't matter because nobody takes tight ends anymore. Anyway. Well, because there's, there's you know six good ones. You just at the time happened to have two of them. And two, uh, the the two. The two. And I didn't have good running backs, so I didn't want to have to play a running back. But that's the cool part. If you don't have, like, if you got your, your two good running backs, but they're both on bye, and nothing, you go you, you, you can go gun five wide, and, and that's awesome. But uh, you know, so that one's intense. And like, there's one of two responses. Like, it's always the, oh my god, wait, what? How many? Oh my god, how long does that draft take? Well, we cut down to 25, draft back up, blah blah blah, whatever. And I think it's a pretty standard. I mean, I don't want to say standard, but it's it's twenty rounds. Yeah, it's it's no, it's not much longer than a normal draft. Right? Um, and that one, the late rounds fly because you're drafting vets that people know. Right. You know, the first few rounds slow are or slow because unproven rookies. Know, right? Like, you know, the what the, I think usually we hit like the fourth or fifth round before somebody that's been on a team for a while gets taken because everyone wants to load up their team with rookies like because to have them and then that's what it is so every team has 45 guys we cut down to 25 um and that group of cut players with the incoming rookies is what we draft from every year so it's that pool of players so you know you have to decide whether you know who this year like so if somebody cut a, a veteran receiver like uh like uh, jones from detroit you know quality player probably put up some decent points this year um, towards the end of his career maybe he has a year left in the tank 
um, do you want that guy or you know the, the rookie from San Fran? And right. So it, it's like, who's got more value in it? The rookie that you can have for the future or the guy that will probably score more points this year and help you win right now? So and it's how each individual team balances that future preparation with winning right now that kind of makes that league super fun because everybody values people differently. Completely differently. Right. Yeah, it's uh, – I've been in a – this league's been around for seven years now, and I've been in a seven-year rebuild. So, <laughs> I do I do well. I do well. What pick you have this year? Number one. First overall, yes. Uh, I get, last place uh, for number one for uh, at least the second or third time in my in my time in this league. I'm usually in the top three. Uh, listen, I've won the league twice. I've had the first overall pick twice. So I've really I've been on both ends of yeah. the spectrum here. Listen, and and it's easy. It it takes you know two injuries and. A guy getting usurped in a positional battle and your team just falls apart because finding those guys is not easy. And, you know, especially with waivers and whatever. But so we're also in another league together that this this league is one of my favorites. It's for no money. We actually just last year, I believe last year, two years ago, just bought a legitimate championship, championship belt. Yeah. And when this league first started, this one dials all the way back in the way back machine to the 05. Um to give you an example, freshman year of college, yeah, we were, we were way back. yeah. So to give you an example of how how long this league's been, um, I didn't have a beard; I just had a goatee. Austin still had hair. Um, I'm pretty sure Allie was worried about who was taking her to the eighth grade dinner dance. Fifth grade, fifth grade dinner dance, even better. So it was her dad, the the father, the fifth grade father daughter dance. <laughs> God, that's awkward. Um. She was playing hockey. I have that picture somewhere. But, yeah, that's how long ago this was. So long. So I was at Buff State. That's how long ago it was. And it started with six of us with three quarterbacks, four running backs, five receivers, two tight ends, two kickers, two defenses, two or three true flex spots. Everybody got return yard. There were bonuses out the ass. It was nothing for it scores to be like 500 and change to – 495. Yeah, I mean, at the time, it was six people who really didn't know what the hell they were doing. None of us had ever really done fantasy no. football before. You know, we were, 2005, I want to say it was, it was just past an era of doing it online. Yeah. Like, I mean, really, like, right there in the early two, like, when we were in high school, I know a couple of guys that did fantasy football in, like, 01, 02, where you drafted players, you had to do it in person, and whoever your commissioner was had to, like, read the sports section of the newspaper and tabulate the scores by hand, do the arithmetic, and then figure out who won. So you might not have found out who won or who lost your game until Tuesday or Wednesday, like middle of the week sometime. Right. By the time your commission had enough time to do the math. I mean, we're so spoiled in 2020 now where everything's instantaneous. Somebody throws a pass on the TV and eight seconds later it gets updated on the site. It scores come in real time as they're happening. I mean, and we're, go we're going into a world where now uh, I believe it's FanDuel's is doing a thing where they call it best ball, where you yes. pick your team and then you like they just put your optimal lineup as your score. Right. You don't even have to set a lineup. Just yep. draft a team and whoever scores the most points for you, like that. that's a little too too much for me. Listen, that, that takes, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it takes all the skill out of fantasy football. Yeah. I understand skill might be an odd word for fantasy football, but I mean. But there is. How many times do we, I mean, we have conversations every year like, oh, dude, if I would have just, like, yep, the I win's on my bench. Right the win's on my bench. Exactly. That's exactly right. If I, I was toying, I was going to put him in. I didn't. I'm such an idiot. 
Why the hell didn't I do that? If I just didn't have to worry about it, honestly, I don't think fantasy football would be fun. No. I did, there, there'd be no anxiety. There'd be no, like, oh, I want to win. I mean, unless you had some real legitimate hundreds of dollars, if not thousands of dollars on it. I mean, I think praying you started the, the right lineup is and, is the anxiety. And when there's, like, butterflies and anxiety and, like, you're worried about it, like, that's the whole point. Like, that's what makes it fun. Yeah, you know I mean? absolutely. If not there, I wouldn't, why would you bother? You know, and there's... There's something to be said about, you know, like I remember back in the day, I mean, and that, so that league in particular, um, one of the cool variants of it, obviously we've modified it to include two more people. And then we had to adjust benches and, you know, number of players because eventually you run out. six, you could have three quarterbacks and it wasn't a big deal because you're still only talking 18 players and some backups. As soon as you had more people, we had to adjust it a little bit. But uh, the the coolest part about it to me is the emphasis on the quarterback position because it's the most important position on the field. If you don't have a quarterback, you're looking for one. You know, very the the Ryan Tannehills of the world who are really really good game managers with a great running back and a great defense are far and few between. So we put that emphasis on the quarterback, where it's point per completion on top of being point per reception. Mm-hmm. You know, so when you have a guy like Drew Brees who went 39 for 52, you got 39 points right out of your quarterback, right. and. Yardage bonuses, uh, bonuses for touchdowns of longer than 40 yards, I believe, stuff like that. And it's one of the things I like about it the most. Um, and it also makes it weird to draft in a normal league because we've played in that league for so long. And then now with this dynasty league for seven years, drafting in a normal league with 12 guys. And, you know, you're looking like, oh, a quarterback touchdown is only worth four points. No wonder there was a run of 19 running backs taken in a row. Yeah. <laughs> like, Well, and that's what it is. And really, we just kind of made – I had this, uh, I don't know, if you want to call it epiphany or whatever, <laughs> in 2005 or six that we just started skewing things towards the quarterback a little bit. Yeah. That, that it was it's – the, it's the highest valued position. It's the highest paid position in football. Um, in real life, if you don't have one, you're looking for one, and that the search is never-ending until you found that guy. And yet for fantasy – Receivers get point for receptions, but quarterbacks don't get points for completion. And and you know running backs get six points for their touchdowns, but quarterbacks get four. Like I just I, I don't understand why. I mean because of volume, because right. of how often they get to do it. Like I mean de-emphasizing the most important position on a football field didn't make any sense to me at the time. And I'm sure the people out there are going, oh dude, you're crazy. That's way that's that's not how fantasy football is supposed to work. I can tell you, I did it specifically to be different. Yeah. So that it wasn't like every other Yahoo league I've ever been in. You know what I mean? Every other league is exactly the same. They're almost all identical. The and two that I do now, that I we have done now, you and I have done for almost the better part of a decade, is this crazy IDP thing with 45 players and this well, unique Yahoo league with this and it's on the quarterback. Those are the two that I stick with. And I can tell you that, like, one, when you got guys that are in four and five and six fantasy leagues, first off, I'm in three and I want to shoot myself sometimes. But. You know, when you get these guys that are in four, five, and six, like, it almost ruins watching football sometimes. Like, there have been years that we've had, and there was a point where we had, you know, basically seven, six or seven of the eight people in in these two leagues were the same. And, like, we all get together and watch football. And all of a sudden, you know, you're sitting here watching, and you're not, the guys that you're watching with aren't rooting for teams, they're rooting for players. Correct. And like to be like, so we're watching the Bills play, and three of our buddies who have Drew Brees, who we're playing against, are rooting for Brees to light our defense up. And I'm like, get out of my house. 
But also, if he's going to do that, throw it to Marquise Colston. Like, you know, so I, I think to an extent, like I love fantasy and I, th- I think to an extent it does spoil the game a little bit when you're watching it live and trying to do all that. But, you know, it, it, it I like the variance. I wouldn't be in three leagues if they were the, if they were three of the same. I, I wouldn't do it. Right. There was a period in time where Yahoo only allowed you to have or be on four fantasy football leagues for Yahoo Fantasy. I had to create a secondary Yahoo account just to have the two more leagues that I was invited into because Yahoo would not allow me to have any more leagues, which is borderline absurd. Right. <laughs> I was in six leagues at one point, all on Yahoo. All of them about the same. Yeah. All with different people because I get asked all the time. Right. It's just, I mean, if you need two Yahoo accounts for fantasy football, it might be time to scale back just a hair. So I'm in two now, and I try. I don't, I don't do yeah. it anymore. I'm just in my two, and I leave it alone. I didn't realize that you had gotten that bad. Listen, we're going back I, to we, we should have, now. We should, have, we should have sent you help. It should have been an intervention. I appreciate it. In a fantasy, defense, a fantasy intervention. Those you were in too, so you that is 100% fair. You did get the second Yahoo account no. bad, but um, no. the first four, <laughs> Jaws is sitting right next to me. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's fair. So we've gotten to the 40-minute mark here about – talking about the Jaguars, a little bit about Madden, and babbling about our fantasy football leagues. So I can tell you that um, one of our sponsors, the Wild Oak Beard Co., is doing a fantasy league. Head over to their stuff and check out that. There's some cool beard prizes and whatnot you can win. So getting into the actual fantasy football portion of this, of not just babbling about our stuff, if you had... Your pick of we'll start because because we love the emphasis on the quarterback. If you could take any quarterback on your fantasy team this year, who's it going to be? Ooh, any any quarterback. Any quarterback. Your shot. You're taking a quarterback. None are off the board yet. None are off the board. I mean, it's so easy to say Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. It's so easy to say that. Um, you know what? Ju- just to be different, and I'm sure there are people out there that are going to scratch their heads. Uh, I. If he fell to me, I'm not complaining about Dak Prescott. And I know that might sound ridiculous to some people, but, I mean, I don't know how you cover Cooper, Gallup, and CeeDee Lamb, and Elliott, and he plays in the Dome where weather is not really a factor for him. I just – he's I mean, he's, he's got 5,000 yards written all over him, and he's playing for his next contract, which further incentivizes that. I just – while Mahomes and these guys are playing in Baltimore and Kansas City and Green Bay and Pittsburgh in – Snowstorms. Dax just sitting in his dome in Texas, lighting it up for three seventy and four. Jerry World. That's what I'm saying. It's uh, there. Are, there are worse things. If all the things that I put into when they're how and what goes into drafting a quarterback, I, I you can do way worse than Dak Prescott. I agree with you, and at the same token, I also made a bet last night with somebody that Andy Dalton will be the starter by week five. I don't see that happening just based off of what he did last year. I mean, at least personal statistics, I think he's... The the thing we... The thing... And I said this last night at my draft, that Andy Dalton was a very good quarterback. He was on a really bad team for a while. And, I mean, the dude put up some yards. He's done some good things. And it would not surprise me in the least if, at some point this year, if the Cowboys are on a weird Cowboy-like downswing... You know that you don't start. You know you don't see Dalton start taking the reins, but it may not be week five. But 
I mean, it, it'll be interesting. I think you, there there can be a lot of similarities between those two guys. That neither I, one of them have have won the big game. Nope. I mean, Dalton has never won a playoff game. It's just one of those things. It's part of the reason why they let him go and moved on to Burrow. They were perennially competing for the division title. They were regularly in the playoffs, semi regularly in the playoffs. But yeah. Never won a game. Was, yeah. It's crazy. All right, now the uh, see, like I'm like oh. I'm looking at Dak's stats here, and it's like I mean, 4,902 yards and 30 touchdown passes with a 99 QB rating. I mean, that's you'd have to be really, really good to surpass that one. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, no, it, it depends on how your <clears throat> excuse me, how your team or your league rather schedules, you know, rushing yards for a quarterback. So I guess so in our IDP league, rushing yards for a quarterback is one point every five yards. So the unanimous first quarterback that would be taken is Lamar because the amount that he runs, the points just rack up. I mean, on top of the fact that he threw 35 touchdowns last season, a 1,000 rushing yards. I mean, he scored, I don't know, a season like six, almost 700 fantasy points. The next closest guy was in the five somewhere. I mean, right. He was 200 points in front of the number two guy. But that's what they rushing factored in there that, that is not normal with other leagues. Yeah, I just uh... – I actually just pulled up Andy Dalton's passing yard or passing stats here just to be just for fun. Um, I mean, starting in 2011, um, 33, 98 and 20, 36, 69 and 27, 42, 93 and 33, 33, 98 and 19, 32, 50 and 25, 42, 06 and 18, 33, 20 and 25, 25, 66 in and 21 um, in only 11 games. And then last year, 34, 94 and 16 in only 13 games. And I mean, nine and seven, 10 and six, 11 and five, 10 and five, 10 and three, six and nine, seven and nine, five and six, two and 11. But Somewhere in there, you see the drop off of you know the Tiocho show goes away, and you know the, the, that defense isn't as loud anymore, stuff like that. But that's just for the sake of the conversation we we're having. I agree with you on the Lamar thing. Uh, he was the second off the board in my draft last night, behind Mahomes. Um, and I, if I was going to take him in the second round, if he fell that far, I kind of expected him to. He did not. So you win some, you lose some. No running backs off the board. So standard league, you're probably the first overall pick if this is the case. Right. Yep. Who, who are you taking? I, I think it's Christian McCaffrey. I, I don't think it's that close, to be honest. It's not. It's it's not. It is. It's not even a one. I mean, really, which is odd. I think in, in almost every other year, you could make some, honestly, pretty valid argument for somebody else. Like, let's just say we're in a universe where Christian McCaffrey does not exist. So if you're in this situation, if I took McCaffrey at one, right, and you have number two, I mean, you have your pick of Barkley, Elliott, Jones, Kamara. I mean, there, there's a plethora of guys right behind him that you can make a very legitimate argue for, argument for literally any one of those guys, but I, I think it's it's very clearly McCaffrey and everybody else after that. So the uh, fantasypros.com has McCaffrey listed one, Barkley two, Elliott three, Henry four, Cook five, Kamara six, Chubb seven, Mixon eight, Jacobs nine, uh, Cl- Clyde Edwards Hilaire at ten. Yeah, and those are all running backs because I didn't sort of by position. And all of a sudden, I'm like, Michael Thomas is like, <laughs> but I mean, you know, 
So then Miles Sanders, uh, Aaron Jones, Kenyon Drake. Yeah, I mean, Jones is that, is that low? Yeah. So, and the, when you when you have this conversation, you know Zeke's got trouble staying on the field. Barkley's on somehow a like could could be in the debate for the worst team in his division, and they're in the division with the artist formerly known as the Redskins. Like, I think they'll be improved this year, though. Daniel Jones is making strides, and oh yeah, yeah, healthy. you know, and I you you hope so because that I I I don't mind I don't mind the Giants. Um, Derrick Henry's a beast, but is he going to have that contract hangover? Um, you know, but like you know, Cook, Kamara, Chubb, like these guys aren't in McCaffrey's. They're not in his weight class. Because well, I mean, none of them are going to catch a hundred balls. Right. N- nobody's going to have a hundred receptions. I mean, maybe Kamara. But I don't. I don't think anybody else you can make. Nobody else is needed that much. With the amount that Michael Thomas gets fed on the Saints, that he's going to have 170 targets for 140 catches this year, or whatever absurd number he had last year. Um, I don't. There's just. There's too much. Usually, there's a receiver that needs to get the ball first, and most of those offenses. Um, it just so happens that on Carolina, McCaffrey is the primary receiver. He is the guy that they. Yeah. The ball to the ball. And they're not devoid of other talent. DJ Moore is maybe the, the most promising young receiver in football. They signed Robbie Anderson in free agency, so now they have a deep threat. They have Teddy Bridgewater, who can now sling it a little bit more than Cam. At least he's healthier than Cam anyways. Um, but at the end of the day. Yeah, now that they sewed his femur back together. <laughs> which, you know what, bugs me about the way we run Josh Allen. And as I digress a little bit here, I don't want him to go that route. We need him to last at least 38, not right. at least 28. It's and that is uh, that that is something that's coming out of camp this year is that he has been more apt to stand in the pocket and throw uh, during scrimmages, stuff like that. And he has said multiple times he wants to stay in the pocket more and like make an impact when his number's called but not rely on that. Right. Um, I also hate hate that quarterback sweep although if Dawson Knox could block somebody we have been playing another playoff game last year but that's neither here nor there Digressing. no receivers off the board you're taking a receiver who you taking um again there's a lot of quality candidates out there but again I think Michael Thomas is probably your guy I mean at least until Breeze retires and then you might see a changing of the guard there which I mean this could be his last season um, with the simple amount that they, they feed him the ball. Yeah. It's, I mean, vo- volume translates into points. And with, you know, almost 200 targets, yeah, it's they're going to be just fine there. Especially PPR leagues. If, if it was not PPR, then I think you, you can make an argument for uh, whomever, Julio Jones, Hopkins. It's I mean, it's all good. Yeah. With PPR, the guy who's going to catch the most balls is going to be the guy that scores the most points. Yeah. This is John Madden of old. Generally, the team that scores the most points is going to win the game. Thanks, thanks, John. Back to you, John. Um, Tight ends. You're taking a tight end. Nobody's off the board. The answer is Kelsey Kittle or Kelsey or Kittle, really. Which one are you taking? Who do you like more? You know what the stupid thing is? Personally, just for me, I I really like Zach Ertz. Just from a, 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 again, a, a PPR standpoint. That, again, really just throwing stats out there that no, no tight end in their first five years has caught more balls. Than Zacherts, that he is on a path, if Wentz can stay healthy and things go well for him, that he's on a path to catch more balls and have more yards than any other tight end in history. That's it's difficult to do with guys like Kelsey and Witten and some of these guys like still playing and keep adding to those stats. Right. Um, 
Now, realistically, if I'm choosing between the two, um, I would probably go with Kelsey just because of who his quarterback is. Um, but if it was like if you took Kelsey and somebody else took Kittle, and I had to be like, oh, no, Zach Ertz. It's, I'm, right. I can make an argument that he might be better than those guys anyways because Philly has a lack of a true number one receiver, and they feed Ertz all the time. Uh, funny side bit, um, little little fun fact for you. If the Philly um, receiving room and the Jets receiving room got together, I would be the best receiver in the room. It's very real that you don't like Rashad Perriman. He's, <laughs> He's hurt. Oh, well, he has it's swollen knee and yeah. hamstring. That's, that's, sorry, sorry, they're healthy, the healthy room. The guys who can play, if they had to play today, put them on the field, I'd be the best receiver in the room. I James, listen. Jamison Crowder. What do you? The Jets about? called me. I turned them down. <laughs> well, it's the Jets, so I mean, I get it. Uh huh. I understand. Sorry, Rick. The Jets suck. <laughs> um, it, personally, I I like Mark Andrews. I think he's underratedly impressive. I call him underrated. He's he's listed as the third fantasy tight end. Underrated, but uh, yeah. I mean, he. There's something about him, man. I like him, and he's in an offense that's going to love to use him because they have a lot going on around him. Another team without a truly dominant alpha receiver out there. Right. Uh, Hollywood Brown is fine, and he shows flashes of of maybe, I don't want to I use this loosely, being the next Tyreek Hill. Right. But until you're, until you're that guy, and, and he's the best guy that they have. And, and again, are, are you going to be that guy with a quarterback that's not di- as dynamic with his arm? as Mahomes is. so Because you and I also are of the opinion that uh, I think at some point here, people are going to catch on to the Jackson. Yeah, so and be able to... I've I've said it a few times, you know, the, the between between the Bills, the Niners, and the Titans, they wrote the, they wrote the blueprint of slowing him down or stopping him, and it comes with athletic linebackers and making sure you just stay in your gaps. It, it's basic football. It's not over. Don't over pursue. He's going to hurt you. Don't go somewhere you're not supposed to be because you left a hole open and he can find it. But if you do those things and you have athletic players, which everyone in the NFL now is getting more and more athletic at the linebacker position, gone are the days of your Paul Puzlesny. I'm going to run in a straight line and run into a right. wall and knock somebody out. Like, you know, now there's so many like, oh my God, safeties and converted guys and all these people who are hybrid players. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I read uh, Milano was a converted safety. He that doesn't a... surprise me. I mean, if I had my, my choice of some of the most underrated, underappreciated, undervalued players in the league, whole, whole league. Yeah. I mean, Milano's right after the top, Absolutely. top of the list. That when, that when he's on the field, he, I mean, do we talk about this with baseball an awful lot? It doesn't fit the size or he doesn't fit the whatever. Like, I don't care what it is. He goes out there and makes plays, period. What does it fit the mold? Don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Don't care. I, I'm, I'm, t- I'm telling you, guys like him, you know, your freaks like Tremaine Edmond, like they're breaking the mold. You know, you're – dude, I don't I don't know if a Brian Urlacher type player – again, all-world player, gonna, he's a Hall of Famer. I don't know if he would be able to stop a Lamar Jackson type player. Right. Because he's that big plug-a-hole old-style linebacker. The game is changing. People are getting faster. I, you know, we wrote the blueprint for it, and I think it's going to start catching up because I think more people are going to be able to do things to make him play a game he's not comfortable it's, playing. It's a copycat league for sure. I mean, that's just what it is. Now, is everyone going to be able to stop him? Of course not. No. He's, he's, it's not like Lamar Miller. Lamar Miller. Nope, that's the running back. Lamar Jackson. Um, 
just lost talent overnight. It's, you know what I mean? He's not going to wake up tomorrow and just be awful. Um, but whether it be disguising the scheme, disguising the secondary, having your linebackers fine, like whatever that is, um, rest assured, defensive coordinators will find it. Yeah. They will figure it out. It's Yeah. I mean – I honestly, you know, I, I I don't remember what show he was on, but James Harrison, the former Pittsburgh linebacker and like team and certified and lunatic, and exactly. Um, he goes, you know what? He goes, it blows my mind. He goes that people haven't figured out how to stop Jackson. And I I, I remember. Maybe, I know where exactly we're going. Heard or whatever. Like he's on one of those top radio shows, and they were like, oh, really? Like, and kind of like egged him on a little bit, saying, you know, oh, you and your infinite wisdom, huh? Like, how would you stop Lamar Jackson? He goes, he goes, real easy. He goes, you got all those RPOs and stuff like that? He goes, come off the edge. He goes, and every single time, he goes, hammer the quarterback. He goes, run right through him. So what? You didn't get the ball carrier. He goes, I promise you. He goes, two or three of those, the ball will come out quicker. He'll get more skittish. You'll be able to read that play faster because he won't that ball. He won't want that ball anywhere near his hands. Nope. He goes, he goes hammer him two times. He goes, I know I didn't do my job. I didn't get the ball carrier. I didn't get the running back. However, I don't have to make that read anymore because now I'm positive it's going to the running back because there's no way he's keeping it after Be- I hit him three times. Because nobody wants to play quarterback <laughs> with their teeth down their throat. Well, that's what it is. So, uh, so that, that was, in, in his infinite wisdom, right. the, uh, like you said, I mean, that, lunatic, Jake that's, that's That's the hard-nosed football answer to how to stop somebody. Right. For a guy Put him a 17-year linebacker career. And one of the strongest human beings on the planet. I, I, I would if that dude's bearing down on me, I'm getting rid of the ball and diving because, yeah. please, sir, don't hurt me. Yeah, if you, yeah. Which I just thought was funny that that was a very old school. Yeah, that, 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 that listen, that that's like twenty years ago was making that. I mean, that, you know, here's here's a conversation though. You know, you have these defensive coordinators drawing schemes, drawing like at some point, you know, that conversation happens. If you can hit him, hit him because if he hit if he gets hit enough, he's going to stop doing it. Right. And the thing that Lamar did very well last year was didn't take a ton of huge hits. Correct. So, you know, it's, but it's going to be like, as, as you have more athletic players that make him hesitate a little bit, stutter a little bit, he's going to get hit more. And that's when they, that's when he's going to slow down. Right. Like, you and know, to, to his credit, a lot of that's talent. Absolutely. That, that's absolutely. Him in a nutshell. You know, and we, we talk about this with Alan, you know, we don't like the, the amount of time, the amount of hits, on top of the type of hits he, he takes right. sometimes when, you know, he's that guy that is going to plant a foot on the sideline and try to get a few more yards so defenders run through him. Well, it's a you know. I think it's a body frame thing, too. I mean, we talked about the size difference between Allen and other people. I mean, Allen's your prototypical quarterback. 6'5", 235, 240. He does not run like your prototypical no. quarterback, though. He runs closer to... I don't, want, I don't want to say Lamar because that's not it, accurate. No. But, I mean, he can run like Mahomes. He can run like like Tony Romo had. Yeah. Ability. I feel like the people never give him credit for. He moves around just fine. And I, I think I think he's a class above those guys, to be honest with you. Sure. Um, maybe not necessarily Mahomes. But, I mean, you know, when you talk about guys that are his size, you know, you're, you you look back at guys like a Brett Favre or even somebody in the league now with Ben, ben Roethlisberger. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you – him and Roethlisberger in a foot race wouldn't be a race. Right. That'd be like, he's going to win and then have to go back and like, Hey Ben, we'll go get cheeseburgers when you're done. Right. Like what? That's what it is. I mean, if you think about it, like Peyton Manning and Josh Allen, same size. Yeah. Same, same guy. Yeah. But I don't think there's anybody in this planet who thinks, who looks at Peyton Manning and goes, yeah, man, super athletic man. That guy could run. 
Nobody. Nobody says that. However, Allen takes off, and people legit think he's got a chance to take it to the house every time. Every he time he touches it. the ball. Little, I mean, to the tune of 16 rushing touchdowns over the right. last couple of years. is insane. I think he – I don't want to say he leads. It's very, very close. I think he yeah. leads the, the football league in rushing touchdowns, and he's not a running back. Right. Over that span that nobody has more rushing touchdowns than he does, and he's a quarterback. Yeah. Which, again, just silly. All right, we got two more things here. Uh, defense, no one's taking one. You're doing it. Who you got? Ooh, again, you know what? Uh, I'm a sucker for a tradition and guys who are perennial these guys. Uh, you know, you love Baltimore. I th- and also, they, they drafted two linebackers early this year, which I think only makes them better. Um, they did have that debacle with Earl Thomas where they, they cut him and kicked him off the team. <laughs> it was a whole, it's a whole thing where he's fighting with teammates and causing fistfights and stuff. Um but I think their their defensive line is stout, and I think Calais Campbell, who I know you're a fan of, uh-huh. left, another guy that left Jacksonville, um, went to went to Baltimore, and uh, the, I think they, the Jaguars just aren't going to play defense. Right, they're they're not going to try. They're not going to put it. They're not going to put a running back out there. They're going gun five wide with a, about nobody to to catch the football, and you're, they're just going to let the stash do his thing. It's fine. It's fine. So no, I, I like I like Baltimore. I, uh, I I took the Bills last night. I you know I believe in what they got going on there. I love. Suffered me with that question. Damn it, hometown stuff. Okay, I changed. My no, take listen. Take the Bills. No, because listen, Balt. Like, I'm pretty sure in order it went the Bills. I took the Bills. I was the first one to take a defense because again, if you know the, the top four, and then there's a little bit of a drop in my opinion. Our, our division's not great. Brady's not here anymore. It's. Uh... Yeah, you got six games against you know. Question marks. Right. So those those are those could be six big big weeks for you. I get it. Um, you know, so it, I'm pretty sure San Francisco went, and then that would have been up there as well. Uh, there was one other one that went in there before Baltimore went, but I mean, Baltimore's a go-to for me all the time, every year. Mm-hmm. I feel like every year I'm looking at Baltimore's defense on my team somewhere. But uh, and then our bonus question here: You're taking your kicker, 17th round, last pick. First kicker off the board because we all waited. Who you got? See, like now you're making me like want to take like Tyler Bass from the Bills now, just because I, I took know. Tyler Bass from the Bills. <laughs> I made that comment legitimately not knowing you <laughs> took Bass yesterday. That was just funny. Um, you know, it's funny for a hot second there. You know, I, I took Goskowski last year. Kill myself. Oh Jesus! I mean, was that a train wreck? Yep. Um, again, I hate to go right back to to Baltimore, but Tucker is just unbelievable. It's yeah. I got uh my 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 board here has uh, Harrison Butker for Kansas City, yeah. Justin Tucker, Will Lutz, and Greg Zerline as your tier one guys. Robbie Gould, who feels like he's been in the league for ninety years. Seriously, I mean, uh, Matt Prater, who feels he's been around. Matt Gay, Zane Gonzalez, what a name! I'm, I want to draft him just because his name is Zane. <laughs> J- uh, Jake Elliott, Young Hoku from Atlanta, the uh, the onside kick specialist. Uh, Kaimi Fairburn from Houston, and I'll tell you, um, I I took Tyler Bass and not listed thirty one, thirty one, thirty one, but trending up. <laughs> well, yeah, he's got no place to go but vertical. Yeah, uh, the fantasy pro still has free agent Stephen Hauschka as a better fantasy choice. Which is funny. <laughs> Listen, uh, somebody's gonna pull or tear something. Hauschka's gonna get a pickup. Yeah, for sure. So that is the uh, that is that is the wrap of our fantasy football uh, fantasy football episode of the Hat Stats and Stats. Next week we're going to come in with our Week One preview. We're going to have picks. 
We're gonna do all this cool stuff. Uh, we got. Oh, uh, dude, uh, we're yeah, we're, we we are we are doing five picks a week. The Nathan Peter, we're gonna call it the Peterman Challenge. I like it. The Peterman like Challenge. Uh, we're doing it. We're doing it. I would make a shirt for our Teespring thing, but I'd never get it. That joke never gets old. So thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, you know, I hope you guys are looking, look, you know, enjoying our more prevalent content and as always we are part of the BICBP radio network check out that website I think we're up to like 35 total podcasts including three of my own this one the tip of the cap podcast which Austin has been a guest with me a few times and then the my new one common debauchery where I really really just talk and ramble about anything so you know if you guys like it go follow share our stuff like us on all the social medias Uh, I'm pretty much giving up on this on the Instagram for this and just doing Twitter and Facebook. But every now and again, I like to throw something out there on the gram. So follow us anyway. And uh, Austin, thanks, thanks for coming on, man. We look forward to having you. And Appreciate it, bud. Thank yeah, you. No problem.